Welcome to How to Trade It, The Road to Trading Mastery. Join Casey Stubbs, a seasoned trader, as he guides you to become a profitable trader. Find actionable insights, real-life stories, and strategies to boost your trading skills. Don't miss the journey to trading victory. Start listening now. Connect with us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Trading profits are just an episode away. This is the How to Trade It podcast. We talk about the real stories behind successful traders. You will learn the strategies that the best traders use in today's markets. And we get those experts to show us how to trade it. Okay, everybody, it's Casey Stubbs, and I'm here with Steve Vitterell from FXES Trader. Hey, Steve, thanks for being on the show today. Good morning, Casey. Thank you. So we had a really nice talk before the show, getting everything all set up. And after talking to you, you have shown me some things that you don't see too often. So with that being said, there's a disclaimer in the description. Trading has substantial risk involved, so everybody needs to be aware of that and read the disclaimer. So, Steve, tell me a little bit about yourself. So, graduated Xavier University finance degree in 1995. Unfortunately, because a lot of people ask me, well, you know, how did you get into business and all that? Unfortunately, my dad had a massive heart attack the next summer and he died. And I literally, as a junior in college at the time, had been thrown into managing a portfolio it was mostly individual stocks and a number of funds at Vanguard. So, I sort of just dove in to help out my sister and my mother in terms of running the portfolio as a very young college student at the time. I had no idea what I was doing. So I spent the next two years just diving into understanding portfolio management and trading. I think my sob story caught the eye of one of the recruiters at Fidelity Investments, and I was hired by their parent company, FMR, in the summer of 1996. So I started trading actively on the Spartan options and trading desk equities for clients through 1997-98. And then I was offered a position at the Philadelphia Investor Center, which is just one of Fidelity's branches. So moved out there, became a full financial planner, Series 7, 65, 6, all the licenses for insurance, became a specialist in wealth management and trading. At that particular time, the tech market was tearing up. And I had an opportunity through a number of options trades I did to put some significant money aside and pay for my first townhouse. So that absolutely gave me the trading bug. And although I did blow up some capital in the early days, you know, just rookie mistakes, right? Did really well through the tech boom that took place. And the problem with the beginning of this story is that at the time, the you know, buy and hold and be diversified, which are all very important things that financial planning were being pitched. I saw completely different stuff in terms of how portfolio managers ran their own personal accounts. So I got privy to trade some of these accounts. I saw how they operated. And I think the things that surprised me the most about individuals like Peter Lynch is that he had almost six, 7,000 trades inside his personal trust account. And that got me thinking, well, geez, you know, maybe I should learn to become more into individual trading, technical analysis. So over the course of when I would be working with clients, I spent a lot of time personally trading in 
the beginning of 2000. That's when I built my own system in the house. I had the same type of trading system in my office of Fidelity. Finally got some high speed and began trading. It was needless to say a schlock setup. Best. So did pretty well. I was advancing, won a couple of President Circle Awards at Fidelity and you know, had a lot of clients love me, which was great. But I always sort of yearned for a deeper knowledge in trading and I wanted to run larger amounts of capital. So I was recruited away from Fidelity by Ken Fisher, Fisher Investments, big organization at the time out of Woodside, California. Great thing about Ken Fisher is I was mentored personally by Ken along with some of my other colleagues in modern portfolio theory, Markowitz, all about you know macro money supply. So I got a tremendous, essentially free education as I was helping raise capital for the firm in a regional VP type of role. So through that period of time, I was introduced to Dimensional Fund Advisors, introduced to a number of gentlemen at that organization that won Nobel Prizes like a Gene Fama. I gained just tremendous respect for them. And with colleague at Fisher, we decided to form our Menti Capital. It's a small, long, short fund. We operated out of our office in Philadelphia. We did a lot of clearing through Goldman Sachs at the time. And unbeknownst to me, I was up at Goldman in a particular training session with a couple other organizations, and I met my mentor. So he was an individual that traded futures on one of Goldman's big international desks. And he was an expert in auction market theory and modern portfolio theory, as well as technical analysis. So I was very fortunate to sort of strike it up with him. We had a number of connections outside of trading, I think, that helped solidify a friendship. And he completely taught me the summer of 2006 and seven market profile. He taught me all to chart, taught me how to aggregate, taught me about you know everything all the way down to order flow, which essentially is the core of execution and how to aggregate all of that data to make decisions on it outside of just normal candlestick charting that he taught me, patterns, all that. So I put all that to work, trade in the fund with my partner. I had an opportunity to essentially my partner took over the fund. He was a bit crazy to do with. And I went out on my own as I'd always wanted to do and built a book of clients for just my own individual RIA practice. Companies called Benchmark Wealth Advisors, still in existence today. Between Benchmark and our back office organization, which is Brookstone, we essentially just manage accounts for clients at TD Ameritrade and in institutional capacity. That takes up most of my time. So about 2012, I had a number of individuals come to me and say, hey, can you mentor us in how to trade the futures markets? I've been doing it for some time in two capacities. And I looked around outside and I think the problem I always had with this industry is that most mentors out there, it's difficult to find out who they are. It's difficult to do any research on them or at least get a decent feel of their credibility. So as I often joke with clients, you know, you can Google my name, right? You can go to broker, check me out. I've never, ever had a disclosure. You can find tons of information out there about me. And I think it's important if somebody's going to be a mentor, you know, they better have a clean track record. They better be good at what they're doing. So I started FXES Trader and it's a small coaching company. It doesn't take up a lot of my time, but occasionally I'll mentor students. I think with a lot of that activity and education at the time, really getting online, I attracted the attention of Investopedia, and they put me in the running for, which I ultimately won, their top 100 financial advisors award in 2017. So that was pretty much, I mean, the President's Circle Awards were great along the way, but that was by far the crowning achievement. And a lot of that was based upon education for students and individual investors or traders out there looking for you know, that edge in trading, which was primarily futures for me at the time. So 
essentially that is where I am today. So the real interesting thing about the whole story is that all along the entire way, I had been searching for an algo that will actually trade either equities, futures, and or the Forex markets, which I've become heavily active in in 2018 to today. And I had a good friend approach me and said, hey, Steve, you know, with your background, you really should take a look at a phenomenal group of products we're putting together. So I met with management, I met with the board. They offered me a role as the chief market strategist of Avoria Prime. Which takes up and probably 20, 30% of my time. It's been increasing in, in its frequency, which is great. But essentially, we have or are about to bring out in our phase two launch five pieces of software that have completely verified track records and they've done exceptionally well. And some of the links that Casey will post and the disclaimers to go along with that are important to note in this discussion. But that's kind of where I am today. So just Managing client portfolios, you know, on the road, or at least a lot more Zoom calls of clients these days out there. But you know, markets have been fun to trade. I post a lot on Twitter, all that. But I try to really have with a lot of my communications to traders. I try to understand the psychology of trading themes. So if you want, at some point, you know, Casey, I can sort of give you the four tenets, if you will, of trading psychology. But essentially, that's the whole bio. Hello, this is Casey, and I wanted to take a minute to tell you about my new book that just came out. It's called Complete Trading System. This is my 25 years of trading experience, sharing everything that I have learned in how to make a profit from the markets. You're going to learn about how to find the right instruments to trade, how to find a trend, how to get started as beginners. You're going to learn about how to get the right mindset and you're going to be able to put it all together to create a trading system of your own that will work for you. I highly recommend that you try it out. Just click the link right now. It's called Complete Trading System. It's available on Amazon. Thank you. Go ahead and check it out. I think you're going to love it. All right. Well, there's a lot to unpack there, Steve. <laughs> you got a lot of experience, which is awesome. And that's why I wanted you on the show is just to really try to unpack some of that. So I would say the first question I have is what you've done is immerse yourself in the financial industry. You've had a lot of people that you knew that could teach you things along the way because you were in the industry, you were with, working with some of the top professionals, and you were able to gain a lot of experience that way. Most of the people who are listening to this show don't have that kind of access to professional advice the way that you did as you were brought up in the industry. So what would you recommend for people that are listening to the show that really need to get access to some of the smartest minds in trading today to help them get the information they need to make good financial decisions to increase their portfolios? What type of things would you recommend for them? So the beauty of Twitter and some other thin type of social medias is that there are very giving individuals out there that have a billionaire status that put a lot of great information out in the marketplace. So 
what I always challenge everybody to do is if you follow me on Twitter or at the very least, look at who I follow, you're going to see about 110 people that are absolute experts in what they do. Trading psychology, trading in any area, equities, the futures markets, Forex, that bring just tremendous amounts of wealth of information to the table. Guys like Steve Burns or Double Line Capital's CEO. There's a number of people, Tommy Thornton, you know, they put just a lot of great stuff on Twitter. Brett Steenbarger, you guys will hear about that a lot from me in the chat today. You know, Denise Schull, these are all experts that put a lot of information out there because at least in my experience, the reason I spend so much time on trading psychology is I've seen the vast majority of traders that have failed. It's because they could not get a grip of what I call the inner monkey. So I spend a lot of time focusing just like we're framing the building of an elite NCAA type athlete, that exact type of blocks of building, if you will, is exactly the same thing that makes a superstar trader. So in my experience, to have you know, the ability to deal with losses, the ability to take risk, but at a calculated point, but at the same time, you have to have the ability to maintain focus, calm, you know, have a purpose in what you do as far as trading. All important components I can build on if you wish. But at the very least, there is an absolute full academic degree in trading out there on just blogs. I mean, look at how good Casey's blog is. There's a plug for our leader here, right? I mean, you have a ton of great stuff on your Twitter feed. I mean, I was reading through a whole bunch of it yesterday. Got a lot of experts out there offering a lot of really good tutelage type of material. So it's just kind of get out there and dive into the blogs, videos, you know, whoever's Twitter feed you're looking at. And well, I actually there. just jumped on your Twitter. Are you a FXES trader? Is that yeah, your Twitter at, handle? At, yeah, at FXES okay. trader, right? So I'll drop that in the link too. And I just jumped on and followed you. And I'm going to be looking at the list of people that you're following, right? So I just did that. I actually popped it up on the screen now. So. I'll be taking a look at that. And so I recommend everybody else that's listening along do that. It's FXES Trader. It's at FXES Trader. So take advantage of that opportunity. Really, that's good. So I agree with you. Keep in mind, there's like five to six big hedge fund guys that actually post on there that have you know, run big quant organizations or in the case of Double Line Capital, it's mostly a credit-based fund in LA. But you know, Jeffrey Gunlack is, is exceptionally well respect in this industry. They run over 100 billion. He posts everything on Twitter. That's what he's doing. I mean, it's almost like he opens up his book, his trading book. It's just, I mean, he's talking up his book to a certain degree, right? But, you know, it's a great education. Hyman Capital Management, another exceptionally well-respected fund out there. You know, everything gets posted on Twitter. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. And I'll give a plug. I'm on Twitter too. It's at Casey Stubbs. As Steve said, I post some good stuff too. So... Add it to the list, guys. Add it to your resources. Be educating yourself, getting yourself access to good people. That's one of the reasons why I have the podcast, because I want to get access to good people. It's to produce a show for you guys. But then I always say it's a little selfish, too, because I want access to great people. And just interviewing people on this show has made a huge difference in my investing and trading. So take advantage of what we're offering and go after it. If you don't learn from history, you're going to make the same mistakes over and over again. It would be a shame to let history repeat itself when you could have avoided it altogether. Each week, the Finance and Markets newsletter features a financial history lesson to help you grow. 
Go to the link in this episode's description to subscribe. So, Steve, I wanted to switch gears a little bit and talk about different types of investing and trading because you have a ton of experience. What's been the most successful trading for you in all of these years of different types of investing? Because I actually was just asked that same question by a retired physician that wants to become a student. Here's how I answered his question. I said that now with the sort of metamorphosis, if you will, of my trading, I would rather have a semi-automated system or some sort of algorithm running a bigger chunk of the portfolio, you know, just like a HFT type of hedge fund, like a Renaissance Capital, you know, Jim Simons's group, you know, they're all automated. I'd rather have that as long as the algo has proven itself in terms of performance, low drawdown, all that fun stuff. So I'm much different now than what the landscape looked a year ago. So a year ago, I probably spent 20% of the week discretionarily trading and just essentially manually trading, whether it be equities or the futures markets, you know, so forth or Forex. But I found that with some of our new pieces of software coming out and the just mind-blowing performance with like 15, 11% drawdowns, <laughs> drawdowns are really low. And some of that is just almost impossible to replicate manual Forex trading unless you're really good. And the problem with most traders, investors, is they just don't have the time to learn this. I mean, I've put, gosh, I don't know, probably 10,000 hours plus into trading, just in education. A lot of people just don't have that kind of dedication. So that's why it's great that you know retail traders now have access to um, software. They can do some of the trading for you. I still do like do a lot of manual trading. I don't trade that much in client accounts. You know, we certainly have more this year because we've had, you know, big moves in equities, a huge fall off, which is a monster buying opportunity. Now everything's frothy again. So we've lightened up in a client accounts, but typically it isn't that much trading in client accounts. So I probably put about 20% of my day into trading, which used to be a lot more. Essentially, the key thing with most traders is, you know, they learn to do one thing great in manual trading land, which is fine, but I still think that diversification in this area is going to be the best for you. So, you know, have a futures account if you're good at what you do. Don't execute trades with a lot of risk. Have a forex account. Have, you know, an interactive brokers type of account where you can do all of that stuff in one account if you wish, but essentially have diversification in what you do. Have your equities you're holding long term, you know, or the ones you're trading swing term. I'm not a big fan of options just because of the Greeks and the time value loss of money and you really got to stay it's on pretty top complicated. Of it. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> yeah. there's everything from condors, straddle spreads. I mean, a lot of people just love that stuff, but at the end of the day, your stuff just loses value, whether the underlying equity does well or not, right? So you're constantly fighting that. I'm just not a big fan of options. If you are going to trade options, be a writer. So those are the guys that make the money, the writers of the contracts in many cases. But I don't abdicate that. I abdicate moving more into have a sliver in Forex that's you know automatically traded for you, trade some in equities, futures yourself, you know, have your mutual funds inside the account for longer term stuff. But most importantly, take a look at the overall risk of the portfolio. Like I'm constantly throwing in client accounts, you know, what's the equity exposure risk for the time frame? But having the sort of full package of you know, someone that invests in, you know, they got real estate, they have an equity portion of the portfolio, they may have smaller accounts that use trade futures, and all of these different types of diversification and trading will help improve the overall return and will reduce risk. I want to dive into this diversification question. It's kind of a two-part question. So focus on this. Two things. Number one, if you're starting out smaller, 
it seems like diversification might not be a good idea because you don't have a lot to spread around. So would it be a good idea to build one account to a certain level and then start thinking about diversification once you hit a certain landmark? So that's question number one, if you think that's a good idea. And then question number two is talk a little bit about what a good portfolio allocation would look like. So sort of a pre-question one buildup, if you will, and this will just be my financial planning coming out. It's critical that one put their own budget together relative to the income that you're earning if you have a full-time job. Make sure you're not spending more than your budget or having lots of debt, right? That's more of that Dave Ramsey thing, right? But the key thing is just don't be overstretched. If you have the ability to save up some, you know, you certainly need a couple of grand to get a, you know, like a Robinhood type of brokerage account set up or some sort of futures account, which requires a lot more capital. So you might want to wait there as far as building that component. But Great thing about Forex is it attracts a lot of investors because you can open a Forex brokerage account with five, six, seven, eight hundred. I usually suggest a minimum of a grand open a Forex account and just have software trade it for you. It's a great way to start. And if the account does well, you can diversify into other areas. I don't necessarily suggest basing a diversification model on one account going great and then you peel it off to diversify. I would save up and fund a number of different accounts. But do remember that if you're working at a professional for a company that offers a retirement plan here in the US, you know, 401k, 403b in the public sector, you know, make sure you contribute to that account. It's free money. You do not get taxed on it. So pay yourself first is why I always tell, you know, some younger clients, you know, pay yourself first, make sure your budget's good at home, make sure, you know, you're out working hard, obviously, but then begin to start to build an equity account, have a Forex account. As part of it. And at some point down the road, if you can afford it, you know, have futures account, learn to trade all of them or have different pieces of software you trust, you know, running different pieces for you. It's usually the best way to do it. But, you know, start off with making sure that your retirement accounts are set up in tandem with that. So ideally a 401k, a Roth, an equity account, and a Forex account to start. Seems like a lot, but eventually you can be built up to that if you're budgeting enough or you're saving enough money to get started in that. That's a good tip. And I think that if we do diversify, that could help us long-term to really, like you said, reduce risk and increase gains. So I know there's a lot of risks out there that people don't realize, whether it's even brokers going out of business or something like that. So it's really important because you never know, you just, it can happen at any time and you never know. There's no really such thing as a guarantee when it comes to your accounts. So you definitely want to keep it in uh, diversified. So we're getting kind of towards the end of the interview here, and we've gotten a lot of good tips, good resources. I think that's one of the things I really like about this interview is you've given us some great tips, but in addition to that, you've given us some really good resources that we can do additional research. So again, researching is really important. But my final question is, can you tell me a little bit about some of the things that you're working on right now and how people can get in touch with you to find out about that. Because I'm really excited about some of the funds and the training that you were telling me about that you are doing. So if somebody wants to do a deeper dive into trading futures, I would just go to the fxestrader.com website. It's been up and active. And we have a big course that we've put together. It was a 20-day class that we shot in HD a few years ago that goes through the nuts on how to trade the futures markets using technical analysis, using low risk, using you know calculated stops, using mostly time and volume-based profiling, which is different, obviously, from 
just typical candle chart technical analysis or patterns or any of the Fibonacci retracements. It's all important stuff in trading, you know, along with moving averages and MACD and RSI and all that stuff. But the key thing is the confluence of all of those factors are the best places to be buying or selling any instrument. And that's the key is understanding where those levels of confluence are, where lots of factors, if you will, of what I just talked about come together. So that's what the course teaches. But at the very end of the day, understanding order flow in its most micro level, what I like to call the fine tuner of trading, is going to be that final step that allows you to take an execution one way or the other. That course is really good. Going to help cut the learning curve a lot. But you know, it probably seems strange when I talk about this on I'm asked to do lots of webinars and, you know, I really admire Casey's work and, you know, I thank you for your service to the country. So I wanted to be on this discussion, but it's important that people really understand what they're getting into. I find I talk just as many students out of going into my futures course as I do in it because they just don't have the dedication. They're not willing to put in the time. So I think it's critical that you understand the reality of, yeah, we can certainly help you cut the learning curve trading anything. You've got to put the time you have to be. It's dead. a long haul and it's a big yeah. commitment and it's not going to be easy no matter what system or training you get. It's going to be hard work. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking for the easier stuff, I would suggest, you know, get in touch with me through some of the links. You can even throw my email in there if you want. That's fine, too. But, you know, get in touch with me if you have any questions on any of that. But you may want to take a look at some of Avoria Prime software in the Forex space. You know, the returns have been absolutely stellar with low drawdowns, which is a big reason I'm sitting essentially in the role I am with them, helping captain, you know, 9,000 subscribers each week through, you know, different macro and micro movements of the markets as we're seeing the S&P today. So that's kind of what I'm working on now. It's taken up a fair amount of my time in addition to, you know, managing client accounts on the RIA side of the business as an advisor. But I think the thing that excites me the most, honestly, is just the... I don't know. It's always been so tough in the past as an institutional trader to get your hands on algorithms, right? You know, the average hedge fund spends five, 10 million to code this stuff. And some of them just absolutely killing it. I just want a tiny little sliver of that, right? So that's kind of what I've been spending most of the time. That's why I jumped in bed with Avoria. But I just essentially want a number of different pieces of automated trading different chunks of money for me. It just makes it a lot easier. You're not sitting in front of the screens 10 hours a day like I used to do. So. Right. Yeah. No, that's definitely a wise decision. and Diversification, right? Diversification so. and asking yourself, why are you doing what you're doing? Is it to make a lot of money or is it to be free so that you can have some time? You know, we got to look at our time. It's the one thing that is the most valuable that we have much more valuable than money. You can't get time back. You can spend some money. You can always get that back, but time you can never get that back. So who wants to be a slave to the computer screen? Not me. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Well, Steve, this has been really good. I really appreciate it. Everyone that's listening, go ahead and check out Steve's profile, his Twitter, his website. We got three links for the website below. If you're interested in education or whether you're interested in some auto trading, which is a really great avenue to explore and do your research on. But with everything, you want to do your due diligence. I think Steve's a great guy and a great guest, but I know he would tell you to do your research, find out before making decisions, come up with a plan and execute and follow that plan. But Steve, thanks a lot for being on the show. Really appreciated having you today. Yeah, you're welcome, everybody. Be safe. 
be smart. And as I always joke at the end of my calls, may the trades be with you. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. All right. So for everybody that's listening until the next episode, we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the How to Trade It podcast. Our mission is to help you create security in the markets. If you have a question you want me to ask my guests or a specific question you have for me, please email me at podcasttradingstrategyguides.com. I answer every email I get because this show is about helping you learn how to trade it. So again, please reach me at podcasttradingstrategyguides.com. Thank you. for tuning in to another insightful episode of How to Trade It with Casey Stubbs. We hope you found today's discussion valuable and inspiring. Remember, the road to trading mastery is a continuous one, and your commitment to learning and growing as a trader is the key to your success. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes, please reach out to us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Keep listening, keep learning, and keep trading your way to victory. Until next time.